Have you ever wondered what the most underrated Star Wars book was? Well, look no further because this episode is all about that. And it's not even a book, it's a series. And you've probably never heard of it. We're here with the Star Wars book community, Canon Catch-Up, to discuss the first two books of the Servants of the Empire series by Jason Fry. Welcome to Canon Catch-Up from the Star Wars book community. Um, as I said a minute ago, before that music kicked in and drowned me out, um, we're here to discuss the first two books of the Servants of the Empire series by Jason Fry. The first one being Edge of the Galaxy and the second one being Rebel in the Ranks. I'm Chris, aka SW Book Collector. I'm here with my fellow shipboy, Dan. Do you want to say Dan? Hi, Dan. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah, you also know him as Vader's Castle Library. That too, yep. Yeah, not live from Vader's Castle, I'm not going to do a Johnny and dead name you. (laughs) No. Good start. (laughs) Yeah, so we're here just because these books, I've been waiting for this one for a long, long time. Because if you listen to any of our episodes, I bang on about these constantly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a summary of the first book, and then we'll go from there. So, Zerleonis seems destined to become a poster boy for the Empire. His sister Dara has been accepted into the esteemed Imperial Academy on Lothal, and Zer is confident he'll join it in a year's time. But a year can bring plenty of unwelcome changes. Not only does he begin to uncover the Empire's destructive plans for Lothal and the livelihood of its people, but his unease hits home when Dara goes mysteriously missing. Zer is focused to question everything and rethink what it means to be a good servant of the empire mm-hmm. drama drama yeah so dan you know i've yes. been trying to get i've been trying to get you to read this for a long 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 time yeah yes you have um so quickly before i jump into questions you people listening might recognize a, a couple of those names mm-hmm. in that summary dan do you want to explain what this series is Yes, so in season one of Rebels, there is an episode, I think it might be episode five or episode six, um, where Ezra goes and joins the Imperial uh, Academy on Lothal for, I don't know, like a couple of weeks to get some information for the Rebels crew. And one of the guys that he meets there is Zer Leonis. Uh, and I guess this Servant of the Empire series is the story of Zer Leonis sort of before, during, and after that episode of Rebels. Yeah, perfect. I mean, yeah. Zer Leonis is a, a bit of a great character. I mean, I am super looking forward to hopefully seeing more of him in the future, which isn't out the rounds of possibility because we have had one of the other characters from this series did show up in the first episode of Ahsoka, didn't they? Yeah, Jaikel, wasn't it? Jaikel, yeah. 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 Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Isn't so Zer Leonis next, surely. Yeah, come on. Maybe that's who Maroc is. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so, after all this time trying to get you to read it, Dan. Yes. Let's go book by book. Uh-huh. What did you think of Edge of the Galaxy, the first book? So, just for context, people listening, I have only, so far, at the point of recording, read book one and two. And um, we're doing this as a two-parter. Next week, we'll be talking about book three and four. Um, so I reserve my judgments only on the first two. I think Edge of the Galaxy is my favourite of these first two. I, I prefer it to book two. Both of them are fantastic. Um, I've been really, really blown away and impressed by these books. Chris has been going on at me for so long to read them, and I'm glad I finally have because 
they're excellent. Um, Edge of the Galaxy is really, really good. I really like this one. It was it gave me sort of, without sounding too sort of like stereotypical with it, it kind of gave me those sort of like Harry Potter sort of like fan a fantasy high school sort of vibes. Yeah. Um, with Zelionis sort of in this school. So this is before he joined the Imperial Academy. So this is before this episode, the episode of Rebels. Um, you know, he's making new friends at this. It's the Applied Science School, isn't it? That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's part of a grav ball team, which is basically space American football. Uh, you know, he meets a girl. He gets in trouble with teachers. Um, and then the backdrop of all of this is this sort of like ongoing discovery that he goes through of like finding out what the empire really about his sister goes missing and you know we sort of start this book with a guy who has this desire to join the empire to serve and by the end of the book he wants to join the empire purely to fight against them from the inside because of what's happened to his sister so i think in that sense it's a really really effective book um and i was a really big fan of edge of the galaxy really big fan there's layers to it isn't there yeah. because there's this layer of what we see in other star wars books of the oppression of the empire and a character on a world which is very pro-empire like his sister he's very much the younger sibling so he's very much in his sister's shadow she's like this ace student who's been accepted into the imperial academy you know she's well loved and they're very much because of that an imperial family in his dream throughout all this book is to join the Imperial Academy, isn't it? That's yeah. how it starts. Like he's like, he can't wait. Like he's, he's, he's bemoaning the fact that he's too young and you know, that's what it is. But so you get all that, you get that mystery and that oppression, which we have seen in other books, but also it's also just a really fun school story as well. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, let's not bury the lead here. Like this book is about, a sport called grav ball yeah yeah this is the sports book this is literally yeah. like remember the like... titans or i'm trying to think of all the american football yeah, films God, yeah. i can think of yeah i can't think of any of them right now but <laughs> mighty ducks you know mighty it's, ducks. <laughs> it's that in star wars and yeah. that sounds terrible but it's really not it's so good yeah like i began to care about this made up sport i don't even like real sport <laughs> you know what i mean well i don't like i like sport but i don't like american football uh, apologies to our American fans, but I I fell in love with this grav ball thing. I was just like, this sounds yeah, I was great. like rooting for him, getting behind <laughs> on the team, and um, yeah. obviously the the guy that is kind of the bad guy. In this book, he's the um, he's the athletic director at the school. Yes, he's, what's his name? His name's Yanis Furek. Furek, um, yeah, that's yeah. it. And he, so he's like this kind of tyrant. He's not even the head of the school, but because this school is so popular for its sports program. He kind of rules the school. It's, I mean, in the UK we don't really have that, but I know that American listeners will ident- American listeners will identify with that. That some schools are more famous for their teams because obviously, like um, college football, college basketball is like a genuine big sport in America, isn't it? So um, it's those kind of vibes. Um, and and Zare has been, 
you know, he's using, not using, he loves playing grav ball, but grav ball is his route into the academy. You know, it's his, it's his ability to essentially get a scholarship into the Imperial Academy. You know, he, he's the, is it the centre forward or the centre striker or something? Is, is, is position yeah, his, he's the sneaker. He has to get the, the, uh, the snitch and golden snitch. Yep. Exactly. He's Harry Potter. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, so he's a team leader and that's is what what will give him hopefully the boost he needs to get into the Imperial Academy um, before things sort of start going wrong. So that element, that sport element of this book, I found so fun, so endearing. And it, it really was just like one of, one of like, genuinely one of the best sort of like school stories I've yeah. read in fiction in a long time. Like it's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, the obvious reference is obviously you said Harry Potter is an obvious one, but it's more than that. It has, if you take away, if you look, take away the empire side of it, it has John Hughes vibes and yeah. um, Friday night lights and all those kind of amazing things. But even things like um, Spider-Man homecoming. Yeah. So yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, obviously, you've got this backdrop of evil rising and all the mystery and him discovering his powers and all that stuff. But it's very much still just a school story with him yeah. and his friends and MJ. Yeah. This kind of has those vibes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's got all like the, the classic tropes of like, you know, in this in this book, we meet a character called uh, Murray or Murray. Yeah, she's such a great character as well. She's a fantastic character and... It, funnily enough, I actually prefer her in the second book, even though I'm more of a fan of the first book. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, her and Zare have a bit of a relationship, so eventually becomes Zare's girlfriend. And they have, like, the classic scene of, like, two high schoolers sat on the bleachers on the American football p- pitch, and that's where they have their first kiss. Like, all of this, like, classic, tropey high school stuff. Jason Fry perfectly adapts into the Star Wars world, and I just thought it was so clever. And, like, yeah. them... Them going off on the their little um, speeder bikes off to like investigate this orchard that their yes. friend grew up on. That rings so much of like your Stranger Things of the kids jumping on their pedal bikes and cycling yeah, yeah, off somewhere they shouldn't go to. Yeah, yeah, I, you know that kind it's of. It's so spot on with that genre, and it, it it works so well. I don't know, right? How this wasn't more popular than it was i mean i can guess because if you if you look at if you look at guy amazon now if you've never seen the books before go on amazon or wherever you get your books and just look at the covers it looks like rebels children's books yep like it yeah i know you're showing the camera dan but you know no one can see it this is an audio podcast i'm holding it up (laughs) um they can get the vibes of it um no it's it looks like a children's book and like Mm -hmm. um if you ever see those Rebels chapter books, which are basically adaptations of the episodes, yeah, it kind of gets the vibes like that, but it's so not that. Yeah. I think that's why I missed these, because obviously I became a really, really big Rebels fan. And I remember at the time like being like, I want to see if there's any... like For me, it used to be tie-in comics more than tie-in books when it came to any franchises that I really liked. Yeah. I didn't really start becoming a big book reader until I sort of got back into Star Wars books. Um but I remember at the time looking up and seeing if there's anything for Rebels and seeing these books, and I kind of just assumed these were just kids' adaptations of the episodes because they're those do exist, and co- these completely went under the radar for me. So, yeah, I mean, as a big Rebels fan and a big fan of Lothal and the capital city on Lothal and everything that Lothal represents, um, Edge of the Galaxy was a big hit for me. It's more than that as well. Like, it's... 
I've said this on a previous episode, but there's certain books, this, Guardians of the Wills, I feel like they show the oppression of the Empire way better than any of the, even, a lot of the adult books do. Oh, like, you really feel it. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how it feels to be a civilian yeah. on, an like, an Empire-occupied planet. Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to this, sort of, I imagine, a bit further into the episode, but... I think, having only read two books in the series, I think this is the best representation of being a child in the Empire. Yeah, it does Full go stop. into it more in the later books. I'm not going to yeah. ruin it for you, but that does get built on. Um, yeah. So yeah, Edge of Galaxy, absolutely amazing, wonderful. Top, top book, yeah. Yeah, buy it immediately. You can get it for about 30p on I, eBay or something. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I managed to get hold of all four of them on eBay for less than a tenner. Yeah. So. Because they're just, they're just like, you can pick them up used. Like I said, most people don't know yeah. what mine's, gold is. Yeah, mine's a used, like, old library book, clearly, because I had to take all the library sort of covers out for some reason i don't know why i mean mine still has like a an email address that was like i'm gonna show this to chris because this is quite funny it's like oh, a wow. note for parents and it's an email address for email earn, for earn while you learn club email sure. it be like mate <laughs> thank you for selling this book because it's just changed my life <laughs> um but yeah do you want to talk about rebel in the ranks yeah so rebel in the ranks obviously this one i keep saying obviously it's not obvious this one here is kind of the whole reason for the series existing. And because of that, I think it's probably the weakest of all four. Um, this has that moment where Ezra join, comes to the Imperial Academy. And mm-hmm. it's not just that. So it's not an adaptation of the episode. It's everything before, during, and after that from Zare's perspective. Yeah. And so there's, for, yeah. just for a quick bit of context, the book is split up into like four or five parts there's a prologue and epilogue and three main parts and um ezra or dev morgan as he is in this book doesn't show up until part three which is 115 pages through the book which is and the book's only 170 pages long so everything up until part three is completely original story and then that final part is a loose adaptation of the rebels rebels episode from zez pov yeah so it's 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 not not a spoiler to say because you've seen the episodes that Zed gets into the Imperial Academy. Yep. This is that book. So the first two thirds of the book is his experiences of joining it, who everyone is, how it, what the day to day is like, yep. the kind of rivalries that form and the mysteries that appear and all of that. It very much is that. And then the Dev Morgan slash Ezra pops in. But one thing that I do really like about this book is it adds to that episode of rebels so because you've had those bits before there's a lot more going on in those scenes that you would know just from watching the rebels episodes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so subplots in the background and and all that kind of stuff i mean i'll go as far to even not call it a subplot in this one so you have sort of two main povs in this book you have zerleonis's pov and then you have his girlfriend marae's pov and she she name. doesn't come to the, yeah Marie Spanjaf is a great name. <laughs> um, she doesn't come to the Imperial Academy with Zare. She goes off to I can't remember the name of it. It's some sort of institute for sort of splicers and information technology people because she's she wants to be like an information tech person and she's good with computers and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, 
and she has a, an entire sort of plot throughout the book where she is sort of using splicing and hacking to get into the Imperial network to find mm-hmm. information out about Dara Leonis, um, Zare's missing sister. Meanwhile, Zare is at the Academy trying to find information about Dara from the inside. So that's sort of your two plots. But what Chris was alluding to there with like getting more from it than the Rebels episode is during during the part of the book which is Rebels, um, we have a whole side bit where Murray is meeting up with um, Sabine and Zeb and Chopper yeah. to, to get this. Uh, I think it's a like a data decoder. It's a decoder that she needs to get into the system to find out about Zeb's sister. Um, so yeah, it really does expand on that episode quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, how did you enjoy the second one? I I really, really liked it as well. I think I do prefer book one just because for me it felt more like a that like really fun high school like kid story that like I think when done well are really, really strong sort of YA slash junior stories. But I think this one again was a really, really good book. Yeah. Um I think when you know, if you're saying I haven't read the other two, if you're saying this is the weakest of the series, yeah, it is. That's a pretty, that's a pretty high um, praise for the series that a book this good can be the weakest of the four. Yeah, it's it's not even weak because <laughs> it is still really good. I mean, seeing Zare inside the Imperial Academy and like seeing the way the kids are put through the ring, Jaikel stormtroopers, and then you've got Jaikel, and they've got this this other guy Oleg. Is it? I yeah. can't remember um, who's a bit of a dick, and then there's this this fourth cadet who leaves um, about halfway through the book because he just can't hack it. Oh and yeah, sorry. And, and that that is that is who Dev or Ezra then replaces. So I think it's a really really like obviously you've got Lost Stars and you've got Thrawn, which give you an insight into like Imperial Academy and training and that sort of thing and becoming a soldier in the Empire, but. I felt that this one was so powerful because you're seeing 15 year old kids yeah. getting abused and sort of mentally tortured almost to become stormtroopers. Um, so yeah, I think it's really, really effective, but yeah, it's not only just those guys, is it? There's the, the two sort of instructors that were played for laughs in rebels. They're also like massively fleshed out in this, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so you've got, um, You've got a character called Chiron, Lieutenant Chiron. You've yeah. got um, a character called, they call her Curry, but her name's like Kurihi, Kurihi or something like that, who she just screams at everyone. And then you've got the ca- the, the mm-hmm. character who is prominent in the Rebels episode, and I'm trying to remember what his name is. It's Commander, uh, oh, come on, Oresco. Commander Oresco. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I mean, Chiron is almost sort of like the good guy, the good cop of the the, the instructors, because he is kind of trying to help Zare out a little bit. Um, but they're pretty brutal characters as well to be, you know, just abusing kids, basically, in like a horrible, horrible nature. Yeah. I mean, I made a bold claim to you recently, which Johnny agreed with me on this. But we, me and Johnny are both in, in the opinion that if these four books were released as one bigger book uh, and given like a YA or adult 
treatment, not in terms of a rewrite or anything, just more promotion like that with a proper decent cover, it would be hailed as one of the great ones. It would be up there with Lost Stars, Dark Disciple. You know, it's yeah. that it's that good. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I read this, I don't feel like I'm reading a junior novel. No, not like, at all. If it wasn't for the pages only having like 30 words on it, not quite 30 words, but, you know, the, the text being quite big and the pages being quite small, I would genuinely feel like I'm just reading a YA book. Like this reads like a YA book. It feels like a YA book. It doesn't feel like a junior novel. No, not at all. Yeah. It's it's way more adult than, say, other Star Wars junior novels, like the yeah. High Republic ones or um, even the, some of the red and black ones. I feel like this is yeah. more more I mean, than that. Yeah. I mean, there's some dark. there's some dark moments in this. I think one of the moments that really struck me was... And it was like a really subtle thing that I don't even know if like kids reading it would pick up on. So in Edge of the Galaxy, we're introduced to a character called Amos, um, who is like in the same year as his older sister, Dara, and he's a stormtrooper cadet. Yeah. And we meet him at the beginning. He's quite chatty. Zare bumps into him about halfway through and he's just like a shell of a man. And Zare doesn't really understand what's going on. And he speaks to him and he says, my name's not Amos. My name's whatever his number is you know trooper 587 or whatever and then at the end of the book the character gets arrested and we just hear the name of the stormtrooper who is you know he's and then there's a comment from zare of just like they all look the same they're all just these sort of faceless you know and that's a really dark moment of this character who had a lot of soul and life at the beginning who's just stripped of everything that makes him himself through the course of a kid's book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember as well the moment with the orchard and their friend Beck. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't remember the exact details. You have to fill me in on this because, disclaimer, I haven't read this for a while, but I love it. Um, but isn't it the case of, like, that his friend Beck's family, they have, they have a farm or something on the orchards yeah. and they want to resist the Empire? So they had an orchard, a, a Jogan fruit orchard, the Standard. Empire basically forced them to sell it to them. Um, and then Beck returns to the orchard and finds out that they've just strip mined the entire thing and just destroyed the land for mining purposes. And mm. and Beck gets really annoyed and that, that turns Beck to essentially being a rebel and, um, you know, spoiler alert, getting arrested at the end of the book. Yeah. Heavy that, stuff. Heavy stuff, yeah. Heavy stuff. Um there's one there's one scene that I want to quickly shout out in Rebel in the Ranks, which is like the epilogue scene with the Grand Inquisitor. Um, we see... I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to rack my brain of that Rebels episode. I think at the end of the Rebels episode, Zer Leonis goes in to speak to the Inquisitor, doesn't it? And then it sort of just ends there. Yeah. Yeah. It does, yeah. Whereas in this book, we get the scene afterwards where the Inquisitor speaks to Zer. And there's this incredible scene where, like, Zare realises that the reason that Dara's gone missing is because she's Force-sensitive. Um, and uh, Mary has also found out that where she's gone is the Arcanist... What, what is it? The Is it the Arcanist Academy? Yeah, so it's like a... Project Harvester, isn't it? Yeah, Project... So, yeah, there's a lot... There's a lot... I mean, I can't remember what... Project Harvester's been in a few things, hasn't it? I think it started all the way back from the beginning, from the Clone Wars. I think when Campaign was, uh, yeah, it was it was a Tarkin children. thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's part of the whole Project Harvester thing. So it's in terms of canon, 
Like it's has some really great canon references. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's this really powerful scene where Zare basically convinces, tries to convince the Grand Inquisitor that he's force sensitive so that he can get arrested and taken to the same place that his sister's gone to. And it's like a really powerful Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's not much else I could say about this book apart from saying it's really, really good, (laughs) and you should read them. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I just had to look at Project Harvest because I want to see all the reference points. And yeah, it started in the Clone Wars episode, Children of the Force. Yeah. Then it was in Ahsoka, the book, Darth Vader, twenty seventeen. Oh, of course, yeah, with the baby. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Jello Fallen Order. Um, obviously the list, Uh, and then it was in Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, indirect yeah. mention in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Other than that, it's all service to the Empire. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the major sort of the closest looks of that we've had. Yeah. If you're interested yeah. in those kind of like the, the sort of the references we got from it in Fallen Order and uh, Ahsoka. So yeah, really, really good, man. I mean, is there anything that you think it could do better? Do you think it's a good tie into Rebels? or? Yeah, I, I think... I think as a rebel's time, this is this is about as good as it gets. Like, I think the problem sometimes with tie-ins is they can just try and like take the main characters and give them like side missions of like what they were doing when they weren't in the show, which is good in that. But I think this really captures the heart of rebels, but through a different set of characters. Yeah, I mean, like, it does it does do those things, doesn't it? So it has that side mission thing in with, like you said, with Sabine and Zeb. Mm-hmm. But because it's been building up to that point for a book and three quarters, um, the reasons for Marie, Marie or whatever, having to meet those people and do those things feel totally organic. Yeah. And it's like handled expertly, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you get like lots of nice little rebel rebels nods, you know, obviously Lafal being, you know, the setting. Jogan so Fruit. You've got like Jogan Fruit, you know, Governor... Uh, Price shows up, um, you know, briefly. Um, there's mention of Visago as well. Um, the it's like the, the gang that Murray goes to to get, get sort of the splicing program. The guy yeah. works for Visago, so there's all sorts of like neat little like rebels tie-ins. Um, but it is for me these books capture the heart and the feel of like what I love about rebels. Great. I mean. Perfect. I mean, that's pretty it, Dan, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what else can we say? Because we've just been like jacking off over it for like 25 minutes. <laughs> uh, I mean, Chris, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, so obviously, as someone who has read all four of them, mm-hmm. um, and in the next episode, it's going to be me and you again talking about the third and fourth book in this. How, how would you say, without going into spoilers for the the final two books because I haven't even read them yet. How would you say these books work in setting up the storyline that will become the rest of the Servants of the Empire series? Perfectly. I know, I know it sounds it sounds like obvious that I'm going to say that, but perfectly. I I would say this feels like two two parts. This whole story in all four books. The first part is the first book with the grav ball and the high school and all that. But all that was necessary because you needed to see Zare's disillusionment. You need to see these relationships form. You need to see, you know, the oppression of the empire. So that's the first part. And then book two, three, and four are very much one story. 
Do you know what yeah. I mean? So all yeah. the things that you're building to now, like the mention of the Grand Inquisitor with the sister, with the things that Murray have discovered, all of that is carried on in book three, yeah. three and four. I will say though, don't be good because there's no more graph ball. <gasps> oh no! Do you know what? For the first, when I read Rebel in the Ranks, for about the first, I don't know, fifty pages, I was just, I wasn't hating it, but I was so disappointed that there was no more graph ball. Give me more graph ball. I was like, do you know, new season. New, new competitors, you know what I mean? Well, it, it was actually interesting. I was I was just sort of doing a bit of background reading and stuff, and there's actually a quote from Dre, Jason Fry saying that this series he is his personal pride and joy of what he's written in Star Wars. Um, so I would... I don't know how this series ends, so without, like, spoiling that, but, like, I would love for Jason Fry whether it's this series or whether it's another series that he launches, he needs to come back and do like another sort of series of junior novels because he writes them so like well. <laughs> I actually think Jason Fry is one of the un- unsung heroes in Star Wars books because he's the guy that does all of the tie-in books. So the tie-ins to the, to the books. So, you know, like your um, My Rebel Sketchbook Han Solo's diary, <laughs> you know what I mean? All those sort of in-universe journals as such, they're all by yeah. Jason Fry. Um, and then obviously this series, he wrote all three of the... No, he didn't do Smuggler's Room, but he did write Weapon of the Jedi and Moving Target, Target, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah with Cecil Castellucci. Um, yeah. But he's probably most known for the fact he did The Last Jedi novelization. Mm-hmm. The adult one, which is, in my opinion, the second best novelization. Whether you don't like, whether you like the last Jedi as a movie or not, it doesn't matter. That book is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's only only Revenge of the Sith best though. The book, yeah. not the movie. Oh my god. Um, so J- Jason Fry needs more props, and I would pay two hundred pounds for one more Zelioni's book from him. For him, I would I would die for that. Maybe when he's older, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I just think he has that. he has such a good way of writing in a way that kids can pick it up and read it and you know have fun, but also like learn from these characters. But then a way that you know I'm a 26 year old guy, I can pick up this book and have a blast and not feel like I'm like having to lower my IQ to get onto the level of the book, if if that makes sense. And I think yeah. that's the that's the gift of a really good writer writing in junior fiction is being able to you know not talk down to the kids it's based for but also make it accessible for adults as well and, absolutely yeah. i mean one thing i'd like obviously we've just been saying how much we love it for the last half an hour <laughs> yeah. so and i imagine a lot of people are listening to it probably haven't read this or if they have then great but if they haven't mm-hmm. please if this episode makes you go and read it get back to us and tell us what you think yeah, whether it's a comment on our Instagram posts, whether it's a message to our Instagram page, or you know, if you want to send like a hate mail to Johnny's house, the address <laughs> will be linked in the post. <laughs> um, just you know, whatever, just let us know because I really want more people to read this. Yeah, I'm just looking at now. I've I've got. I'm so sad. I've got a ranking. Every time I read a Star Wars book, I add it to this list. And I right, put okay. it this is, where this is it your ultimate my ranking. ranking yeah. yeah, you've seen my ranking. I've put it on the um the page before. So I've done two rankings. I've done I've ranked every single thing, and then you'll probably know remember recently if you saw my Instagram page, I did um the tier tier, tier list, list as well. This was in your top 
tier, was it? Yeah, so in my best books ever, like ranking, it was like number three or four of best Star Wars books. And that's every single Star Wars, canon Star Wars book. This this series, I always want to put as one, is like number three and four. I think only um, Bloodline, Catalyst, and The Rising Storm are above it, um, which are obviously three bangers. Yeah, and I'm, good and company I'm, to be in. <laughs> and on my tier list, which I only made a little while ago, so you can go and have a look at that, it's in the S rank. And the most comments I had were like, you put that Rebels Kids book in the S rank? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So, well, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you have been going on at me for a long time to read these, um, and I'm, I'm I'm glad we finally got around to covering it on Canon Catch Up because certainly two books in, I've had a blast and I've like really really enjoyed these. So I'm looking forward to probably going to go and start the third one this evening. Um, I'm looking forward to reading the final two and chatting with chatting you through them next week. Yeah, I won't rest until there's grown adults in cosplay in car parks. Playing grav ball like they do with Quidditch. <laughs> oh, could you imagine that? Like a celebration where everyone just like plays grav ball. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I guarantee yeah. 0.01% of the people that go to celebration know what a grav ball is. <laughs> I'm not gatekeeping, but it's true. That's what I'm saying. This book's so underrated. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hidden treasure, definitely. Um, and yeah, I'm buzzing after reading them. Like genuinely, like Rebels is like one of my favorite Star Wars things. So the fact that I'm reading something which is like so Rebels, but without the Ghost Crew, it's just yeah, yeah. So go go get them, go read them, report back, tell us what you think. If you hated them and you think we're stupid, that's also fine. Tell us. I can't see that happening though. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, I mean, even you know, one of our very own Morgan, um, who is. Oh, I don't know if Morgan's on holiday or not, but is certainly on a plane as going to Galaxy as, Edge, I think. As we speak today, I think. Yeah. Um they read these books today on the plane. Yeah, it's a quick read. Yeah. But then again, Morgan is like a freak of nature who can read fifty books in a second. Yeah. Like, like Johnny Five or Superman. Or the Flash. Or the Flash, yeah. Superman's better. Though. So yeah, um great. So Dan, we do it every episode, but where can people find you? People can find me at Vader's Castle Library or on this podcast most of the time. Uh, with John and Evil John. With John and Evil John. Uh, and I'll be back with Chris next week to talk about Sevens of the Empire Part 2. Yes, and we have some other great things coming up as well. We've got, we're about to launch into the first of the Marvel comics, aren't we? Skywalker Strikes and Darth Vader Volume 1 that soon, isn't it? Yep, yeah, yeah, they are after Servants of the Empire, I believe. Yeah, so we've got some big, big hitters coming up to discuss Mm -hmm. on Canon Catch-Up. And obviously you can find us with the third Shipboy on Comics Roundup, which will probably be in a a week or two. In a week or so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. next one, which is our personal favourite thing to record, even though no one listens to it. (laughs) So, yeah, obviously I'm Chris Thomas, Book Collector. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, even though I haven't looked at it for 50 years. Um, All those places... (laughs) So yeah, um, read this book or don't bother listening to us again. (laughs) (laughs) May the force be with you. Yeah. Bye.